welcome to In Review, the podcast where either one or both of us have not seen the film we are about to watch. My name is Jesse. And I'm Ryan. And today we have a lovely Halloween-themed episode for you lovely listeners. Would you like to tell them what it is that you've planned and hatched and schemed all along that we're about to get into? Yeah, I mean, both of us have not seen the film, John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm-hmm. It has Kurt Russell in it. Yes. Um, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell um, have a really good partnership, at least earlier in Kurt's career. Right. What was it? Escape from New York. Escape from New York, definitely. Escape from L.A. I love it. Um, that all I know. Anyways, I've been told multiple times that this film is one of those films that, um, from a Halloween perspective, you have to see it. Yeah. Well, from a horror genre... Well, everyone argues, is it horror? Is it sci-fi? Is it... Thriller. Um, and, and a lot of people will kind of go back and forth on all of that. Right. Um, which, in my opinion, a good horror film actually isn't just all about like a, like a demon that pops out and kills people. Yeah. But more of like, is it, it's, it's that hard to peg. All I know is it is eerie and it left me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Yeah. I, that's one of the reasons like, I, I prefer movies that classify themselves as thrillers and suspense over horror, but if a horror does what a thriller and suspense does, like in the process, I'm more apt to want to watch something in that in the horror field mm-hmm. because if it's hack and slash and they just all die, I get annoyed because they're all stupid, right? <laughs> and they all make horrible life decisions. When they could easily dis- like run away from death. They're like, no, let's go upstairs where it's dark and the lights aren't working. It's like, oh gosh, there's like three choices. I think we should all split up. Yes. We Why? should not stay together. Everybody, Why? we can cover more ground. Why do you want to cover ground? You should be leaving the ground that you're at. Historic horror tropes. Unfortunately, if, if you are not white, you get killed early on. Yep. Which is such a dumb thing. I agree. Um, you've got the um, well. Let's just. I mean, honestly, the dumbest and most gorgeous girl is usually the same character. Mm-hmm. Is the one that survives out of all of them somehow. Right. Um, uh, let's see. If you have sex ever, you're dead. Forget it. It's if you over. Have sex, you're dead. Well, well, this this is actually like when Wes Craven did Scream. Didn't he have these rules? That's a in rule. It? Yeah. This literally, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy goes down the line. And he's like, listen, if you have sex, it's over. If you blah, it's great. It's but what's a, even better, though, is that in Scream, like, all those things happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's like, clearly it's self-aware. And I, I, that, I actually do like the Scream movies. I haven't seen the fourth one, but like, I like one through three because of things like that. I'm like, it's there. There's the twists and turns. And it makes fun of itself enough. You're like, that's cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, you haven't seen a lot of horror films, though. No, I, I, I'm very choosy. Like, I watched Night of the Living Dead in film class forever ago and knew, I was like, if they aren't like this, I don't want to see it because this was exactly what I wanted. Night of the Living Dead, in my opinion, is probably the best horror film. Um, there are others that are different from a horror genre perspective that I thoroughly enjoy. But Night of the Living Dead does a couple of things. George Mary does a couple of things with it that just make it perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an amazing commentary on race without actually having a lot of racial things that happen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because the main character 
um, the, 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 the African-American character in the film yeah. gets shot mm-hmm. um, by the sheriffs at the end. He, yeah. he pokes his hip through the window and gets shot and killed. And, yeah. you know, one of the major questions at the end of the movie is, well, did they kill him because he was black? Or because they thought he was a zombie. Right. Exactly. Um, he was also the only one that really kept a cool head the entire time during the film. Mm-hmm. Um, people got extremely nauseous and left the movie at the theater because of that scene where the uh, the little female zombie is like gnawing on the leg like it's a turkey leg. Yeah. Um, it made people really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, zombie wasn't a word that was around before that movie. I mean, it really set... Set, I mean, obviously, it set the zombie genre because it was its first of its kind. Exactly. But what it did, though, for horror was make it to where you don't have to have a whole bunch of blood and guts, even though it did. Um, you, you, horror should take basically the basic human emotions, boil them down, and then reassemble them on, on questioning whether or not humanity. Like, what are, what are the actual elements of humanity that survives in a situation where it seems like everything else is lost? Yeah. And that's the reason why I would argue that the thing is probably in that horror genre. Um, I know a little bit about the plot. Right. Which is essentially, um, there's a thing that can um, basically take the form of a human being and they don't know who's actually the bad guy right and who is fine and it makes them go crazy because they it's basically an unknown enemy right and isn't this i'm if i'm not mistaken this is like a remake that there's an original and that this is john carpenter's the thing oh really i know i know that there is a, a, a uh, like a prequel to this one that was made in like 2012 but I don't know if there's something prior. There might be. I could be wrong. I mean, there might be. Because I know things like The Blob, that was an original, and then they did another remake. And right. Like that. That's why I was thinking, like, maybe this is like a 1930s, like, Universal Studio right. type thing. Right, way back in the monster movie days of, like, uh, The Werewolf, Frankenstein, well, The mummy. one that's been done, yeah, the one that's been done a billion times is right. The Mummy. Right, exactly. So that's what I wonder. And it, oh yeah, that's another that's a classic section that I don't know if you call it horror but like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh yeah, I, I might, that's like one of my favorite. absolute favorites. Creature from the Black Lagoon, that one's pretty good. Did you ever see Nosferatu? Yes. Now that is a creepy creepy dude. That's pre-Dracula. That's something I learned about in um film class that being like German folklore. Nosferatu was like inspiration for Dracula Mm, mm -hmm. and uh, so like we watched the black and white silent film way way back you know and it was it was pretty eerie for for like that time that was like that was pretty trend setting well making it silent right because it was during silent film made it even more uncomfortable right because you couldn't hear it you couldn't tell what was going to go on there's actually a lot of like controversy about that film too because Bram Stoker had already written Dracula and right. Nosferatu's storyline parallels some of the Dracula book. Yeah. But they couldn't call him Dracula mm-hmm. because of the rights of the, the film had already been bought, I believe. Maybe I'm going down the wrong trail. But I do remember there's a lot of controversy between Dracula and Nosferatu and there was a lot of things they couldn't do because of it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so... Night of the Living Dead, classic horror genre. Yeah. And then you take a couple of other 
ones that have come across. The 80s was a heyday for horror films. Right. Um, that uh, really spurred a lot, actually, if you look at horror now, spurred a lot of what you see in horror today are mostly remakes or or they just alter it a little bit to reflect something that's already been done in the 80s, to be quite honest. I mean, sure. the main ones that came out. So uh, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. A Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street. Street. Yeah. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. Yeah. You also have um, The Exorcist, which oh Poltergeist. My Poltergeist, which was done by Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spielberg to this day will not tell you that it is a horror film. I love that man. It will tell you that it is about a struggling family. Uh, that That's such a great Spielberg thing. Like he would, he would be able to say that because I feel like if I ever am involved in something like that, I'd probably want to say the same thing just because there's such a negative connotation to horror already. Like most people, like you don't take children to a horror film. Mm -hmm. You will take them to nearly every single other genre ever made except that. Yep. Well, he also did poultry guys as a means to appease the studios because of Jaws. Oh yeah. Like they, they gave him the budget for Jaws. Right, uh, it was a hit, but because they gave him the budget for Jaws, and they didn't, they they basically took a chance on him. They're like, "You owe us. Yeah, go out there and make this happen. I we want another blockbuster, and you're gonna do this blockbuster because yeah. we believe this one's gonna be a hit too." It's right, like, fine. Um, <laughs> he's done that a couple of. This is a bunny trail, but he has done that a couple of times in order to fund films that he's always wanted to make, like Schindler's List. No one. Right. Wanted to green light that movie. Right. And in order for him to do that movie, he did Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, everyone wanted to do Jurassic Park. Um, it was one of those things where he's like, ah, I want to do something more artsy. And they're like, do Jurassic Park. We'll give you Schindler's List. And he's like, right. don't deal. And of course, he <laughs> killed it. Killed both of them. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, so 80s horror, uh, 80s horror heyday. You know, a lot of those films, um, I would venture to say you probably haven't seen no, yeah, no. I was so young when those were like r- roughly around. And you were also a sheltered kid. I would. I mean, that's probably fair to say. I like. I, my parents were always very careful because I'm already such a visual like learner, mm-hmm. and it affects me. Mm-hmm. So like when when my brother and I were super super young, we, I remember distinctly watching Batman Returns because my brother got it on VHS for Christmas and we were super young. We watched it at my grandparents and it was the first time we'd ever had a nightmare in our lives. Wow. Thanks, Tim Burton. <laughs> you know, like... He has that effect on people. Right. And so that was from a Batman film, a PG-13 film. And so like it, like my mom got like really like, okay, well, we're going to pump the brakes on pretty much everything that has to do with any of this at oh, all. man. So it just has never really been in my life. It's been more things like, like even Predator, I would argue, has like a thriller element, almost a horror element to it. Like that was about as close as I could ever get to something like that. And then when I would see something that was horror, I would just be upset. Oh, okay. You know, just because I was like, what? They're all dying? <laughs> like the bad guy's winning the whole time? Like as a kid, I was like, this is the opposite of how all the films I've ever seen go. 
and there's no good ending. Like the he gets away with it. Like it just like upset me when I did, and so I was like, I'm good. I don't need this. See, for my childhood, it was completely the opposite. Um, I turned 13, and my mother said, "What did you want to do for your 13th birthday?" And I said, "I want to have a whole bunch of friends together, and I want to watch tons of scary movies." And she was like, "Are you sure?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm 13. What, what, how scared can I get?" <laughs> She's like, "Game." And uh, she's like, what scary movies do you want to watch? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know any of them. She goes, I have one that will scare the crap out of you. We can watch that or we can ease into this. And I was like, ah, give me the one that's going to scare the crap out of me. And we watched The Exorcist. Um, And it was like the uncut version. So there's like a scene where she like crab walks backwards down the stairs while puking profusely. Right. Um, and that it was forever like burned into the back of my brain. For, right. I couldn't, I didn't sleep for like three whole days. It was bad. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't pick up horror movies again until college and uh, where I could appreciate them. I do remember one time uh, for like one of my exes when we were dating, uh, we watched The Ring with a whole bunch of friends. And did you ever see The Ring? No, but I had friends who did, and they were like, do not answer the phone. Yeah. yeah do that, not answer the phone. That's the thing, right? The, the, the premise of the movie is so dumb, but essentially it's like this VHS tape that goes around it with a whole bunch of weird images and whatnot. And uh, at the end of watching this film, you have seven days, and then there's this girl that comes out of the screen and kills you. Yeah. Dumb. So dumb. Get a machine gun and kill the thing. Yeah. Right. Or just don't watch it. It would never happen in Texas, is what no. I'm saying. Oh, absolutely not. You yeah. never see the person arm themselves and kill things. Anyways, um, <laughs> so what happens is like you watch the part, and then the seven days before that happens, the once the video is done, you get a phone call, um, and the, the lady gets a phone call in the movie, and she answers it, and you're seven days, and it hangs up. Right. Right. And I had already seen it. And, um, you know, if you do star six, seven, you can call and it won't show up on the, um, uh, star six, nine, star six, nine to find out who called you. If you hit, if you dial star six, seven, before you dial a phone number, it doesn't show up on like their visual address. Like it doesn't know who's, who's calling caller ID. It doesn't show up on the caller ID. Yes. And so I went to the bathroom during that scene. And I called my ex-girlfriend on her cell phone. She answers hello, and it's like seven days, and she screamed bloody murder because everyone heard it. And they were all screaming. It was awesome. It was so good. Yeah. To this day, one of my best pranks. Dude, that's that is that's incredible. Made me feel amazing. Yeah. Um, that, that's beautiful. That was that was my that was one of my favorites. Um, is so good. It's been it's been it's been a while um, since I've done something that good. Okay, uh, we should really get into this film. I'm really excited about it. Me too. The thing is that one that got away from me. I've seen a lot of the classic horror films now. Right. This one has been considered one of those, and I have yet to see it. I'm so pumped for today. I'm pretty excited myself. I am a huge, of course, Kurt Russell fan, and and John Carpenter. Like Escape from New York is is a classic. Have not seen that. Which we'll probably watch at some point. Honestly, I don't think I've actually seen any John Carpenter films. What are some of his movies? Do you mind finding out for me? So okay, he's so. 
I, I know most of the big stuff that he did, obviously, like like this, The Thing, and um, Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. He did Halloween. He, he did the original Halloween. No, I have seen Halloween. Right. Jamie Lee Curtis. Give me one second. I was going to say, I think he, what else did he drop in here? He did They Live, which I remember They Live. I have never seen it, but essentially, like, it's like zombies. Like Big taking, Trouble in Little China. Okay, Big Trouble in Little China. Amazing. Escape from L.A. Right. Escape the from original New York. Fog, I think, yeah. Oh, the fog! Right, that one's good too. So he's he's done a lot of sci-fi horror stuff, and he had like some of those. I guess it was John Carpenter, like I think the. Uh, no, the, I'm thinking West Craven. Never mind. Um, but yeah, he's got he's got a good chunk of stuff. He's got Ghost a mix. of Mars was horrible. Right, That's a really dumb one. Village of the Damned Man. That gave me nightmares as a kid. I remember watching that one. So he's got he's got a few out there. Starman. I think Jeff Bridges is in that one. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, They Live. I've been told is actually a classic. Alma Drafthouse has a viewing of that every once in a while. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, okay. So, so it's good yeah. to know. Let's go ahead and uh, do you want to read the synopsis? Sure. All right, guys. Here is the synopsis for The Thing. In the winter of 1982, a 12-man research team at a remote Antarctic research station discovers an alien buried in the snow for over 100,000 years. Soon unfrozen, the form-changing alien wreaks havoc, creates terror, and becomes one of them. Ooh. Well, listeners, as you always know, about 30 seconds for you. About a couple of hours for us. We'll come back with our thoughts after we've watched John Carpenter's The Thing. Welcome back to In Review. We have just finished watching John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing. Yeah, and what a thing it is. It's an ugly thing. Very. It's like they couldn't think of a more creative name because it really was just a thing. Yeah, it's funny though because I feel like it's such a commonplace word but it just fits. Well, because what else are you going to describe it? Yeah, you're I think it would have been a little on the nose to say the alien. Yeah, because well, it has a completely different connotation of what it would look like. Exactly. So I think that was, you know, apropos. I think that was a good name for it, as as generic as it might seem. But did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I did too. That was really cool. Nice I, monster movie, cool practical effects. Yeah. I was really happy because although I probably would even... It's a slash. It's not totally a horror film to me. Like, it is and it isn't. It is very suspense and very thriller. Oh, it's totally a thriller. Yeah, like, for sure. You're, it's really cool to see how they go about it because I only called a couple things and I was right. And there were a couple things where I was like, okay, that was the beauty of the story. You couldn't just know. Yeah. I'm pretty good. I pride myself in knowing a lot of things before they happen because I've seen so many, and I'm sure you do the same. But even in this, I was only able to do it like two times. Yeah. I mean, because the, the dog caretaker actually mm -hmm. wasn't... 
ever the thing. Right. Uh, they do like the, the, the tell to make you think that MacReady's the thing. Right. He's not the thing. Mm-hmm. They do some, they throw out red herrings without them being like just a million of them. Yep. Just a little but but they're good ones. It's like, uh, uh okay. It's almost like I want to rewatch it now. I know who actually was the thing and think about how, when. How that actually... ping pongs back and forth yeah. across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Like, I feel it's... like the doctor probably got it when he was doing all the tests. Oh, yeah. Because it's when they found out that like it could just be even just a couple of cells and it would. And we're trying our best not to totally spoil this for those of you who haven't seen it. Oh, why not? But I mean, like in part, just because it's it's fun to watch. Like, I, it, it, even with what we say, it won't give enough away for you to be no. like. But it's it's interesting to see because I did take notice, like you were talking about the doc, doing the research. That's when I started to realize that research was probably for the thing and not for the doctor. Huh. Ooh. Right. Didn't think about it that way. Yeah. I just assumed that it was a dumb creature that was just trying to survive. But towards the end of that, that was extremely intelligent, you know, with the generator being... Exactly. It realized the only way I'm going to make it out of here is if they don't. Right. And it's kind of outnumbered, and they're starting which, to figure it out. Which leads me to the thing I want to talk about for the ending. Mm-hmm. Is Child's the thing. Right. There's a, there's a fan rumor, so basically, like... Like the couple minutes after the movie ended, before we started, I just started like, okay, I have to figure this out, and so I started <laughs> researching. Um, so there are the the big fan um, rumor is that um, McCready actually wasn't drinking alcohol when he handed the bottle of uh, booze to Child. Yeah, it was a leftover Molotov cocktail. That he handed child, which means it would have been filled with gasoline because they were just using them to blow up the rest of the facility. Right. And the alien wanted to know the difference between booze and uh, uh, gasoline. And that's why when he hands it to child, the child takes a swig of it. McGreedy like kind of laughs at him to himself, like, "All right, that's the alien, but you know, I can't do anything about it now." <laughs> well, I mean, that's a tough. I don't think that's totally a hard sell, but at the same time, it's like if it's a perfect imitation it should know it should be able to react to something like that and be like like just spew it out like what the heck is this maybe we never saw the thing eat any food except for humans and dogs right i don't know if you even classify that as eating so much as assimilating (laughs) one of us one of us right (laughs) shut it yeah funny i was like trying to think of like some cool lines for yeah. the film, but like, okay, so like what we were just talking about, like the whole thing starts with McCready going like, where were you, child? Because he told him like, stay here, don't leave. Yeah, where were you? And then if the doctor comes comes in, kill him. Why did you chase the doctor? I saw the doctor and I chased after him. Yeah, why didn't you just Dude, kill you him? idiot. Like, no, you no, you stay where you are. Yeah. You, you follow the directions that were clearly like given to you. Yeah, because I mean... Yeah, there's there's just all those little things. Like again, that's another thing that frustrates me about horror films, and and they do it again. Like they keep splitting up, and Mac, you know, like tries to keep people together, for the most part. Hey, Child is an African American, and he survived. He might be the thing now, but he didn't die. Well, they definitely did. 
everyone did. Oh, everyone's dead. Yeah. I mean, even the two people that are alive at the end of the film, you know right. they're going You're to like, die. Yeah, unless there's some super miracle. No, no, no. Yeah. They're dead. Right. They said it was negative 100. No one's going to come to them because it was the beginning of winter. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, months. No, everyone's dead. The worst. They're all dead. Right. I will say, not that there's really anything funny about this film, except for, like, in the beginning. I've, Are you talking about the, the flying saucer? Well, that that was that's only funny to us because of what we've seen now. Back then, I feel like it wasn't so much a joke, other than the fact that the Norwegians come in and Kurt Russell calls them, you know, the Swedish, and then they go to, like, rescue them, and he's like, Hey, Sweden! Not Swedish, Mac the Norwegian. Hey, Sweden! They're Norwegian. Mac. <laughs> You know, like, it's that was like the one sort of chuckle that you get in the whole thing. Yep, yep. But otherwise, it was like, all right, serious time now. Everybody pay attention. And it's it's funny, though, because, um, you know. No, are you, there was one other funny part. Um, when, when, like, the final fight. The, the thing is like screaming at Kurt Russell and he's like, yeah, well, F you too. Yeah. And there was the dynamite at him. Yeah. Right back at you, pal. <laughs> Such a great Kurt Russell line. Right. I, like, I have a high appreciation for Kurt Russell. Um, I feel like I want to watch more of his movies after this. Well, like, we'll definitely watch Escape from New York at some point. Because I've never seen that. You need to. And it's also John Carpenter. And he's also in Big Trouble Little China. Yes. I haven't seen that. What? No, I mean, like, I'm trying to. We can't to do like, all John Carpenter, but those are really good ones. Like, well, I say that. Depends on who you are and who you ask. But I mean, like, I have to. I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, Kurt Russell films that I've seen. I think that'd be better if we start there. So, obviously, now the thing. Right. Uh, Tombstone. He, yes. He's uh, Doc Holliday in that, right? No. He's Wyatt Earp. Yes. Doc Holliday is played by Val Kilmer. There you go. I'll be a hug, baby. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Overboard. Overboard. With his longtime partner. Right, um, Goldie Hawn. Yeah. They never have married, but they're like no. dated forever. Basically, so weird. Yeah, yeah. People do it. Um, Strange. Okay. Computer wore tennis shoes. No, no. Old school Disney. Gosh. He was a he was a voice in the Fox and the Hound. Okay, well I've seen that then. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. He's been in another Tarantino film too, though, hasn't he? Yeah, he was in the Grindhouse. Oh, yeah. Death Proof. Yeah. One of those. I, I never saw him, but I know he was in it. I saw a scene from it. Yeah, I believe he's the driver from Death Proof. But anyways, yeah. Executive Decision. One. Whoa, man. You're taking me back. So good. I have seen that. Man. That, I, I Steven Seagal. No, look. Steven Seagal's best film is Under Siege 2. You know it. <laughs> I know it. The guy has um, let it go a little bit, though. Yeah, sadly. Anyways, we we digress a lot. We're we digressing. Do. But Kurt, yeah, clearly the man is in this business for a good reason. Oh yeah, he's got he's got great panache. He does. I do love the fact though that so far most of the movies I've seen him in, he's still kind of the same character. He do, yeah he carries. He, he, he's like Harrison Ford. He play he, he's really good at playing that uh, anti-hero hero, like right. the rough around the edges good guy. Right. He's he's good because like no one else can be. He's like, well, we're all going to die if you make the decision, so I guess I have to. Yeah. So I'm going to tie you all up. 
Yeah. And we're going to test this. By cutting our thumbs open and... And making sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... I think... I don't know. It's funny because I was just looking... Just like you were looking for some stuff. You, did you know... Fun fact for you. This movie was released the same day as Blade Runner. Ooh. They also sucked at the box office both of them yeah i know blade runner did yeah they both didn't do well God, like what other the movies thing would didn't even out? make back its budget like what other movies would have been out during that time period et oh well there et you. came out a few weeks before this and that's why they were like well that's the reason and it didn't do good but I, this is technically from what i was reading this is john carpenter's favorite film he's ever made it sounds like it's Kurt Russell's film he's ever made as well. It might be. And I mean, it's kind of funny because I feel like in a way, I don't know if I want to say it was ahead of its time, but it was a really cool and unique, like I forgot to check. I can't remember if it was done originally somewhere else, but it was just the way it was presented. The story was presented was really, really cool. It was a really good way. It was it was misdirection built in like you didn't you couldn't know unless somebody showed you everything they were like we can show you a lot we can even show it the thing multiple times and you still won't know if it infected somebody else or so on you know like it yeah, was they just actually did a really good job about that because i was like in the very beginning the dog is staring at the shadow and then it cuts and there's no violence or anything i was just like Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. they're just going to make us guess a lot and they're going to, um, there's not going to be a lot of violence and no, there was totally a lot of violence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but they were just trying to lull you into maybe we won't see things. Maybe it'll strictly just be under the radar and it's just constant guessing. But they're like, no, we won't make you guess the whole time. Like you'll see what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, the most of the film was done in um, British Columbia and Alaska, so we called that. I called that. Yeah, because there's no way they could have actually filmed in Antarctica. The no. film itself would have yeah. frozen. Yeah, all the camera equipment wouldn't function. I was just curious, like, okay, like maybe this is like a state of the art type thing. Do that, but no, no, no. They were walking on sweatshirts. They would have died. Yeah, it would have been game over. Yeah, yeah, it's completely game over. Yeah. So, yeah, but it, it's still, yeah, I liked it a lot. It was a lot, I don't know that I expected it to be bad, I guess, but it was still better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, I went into it with a complete open mind. I knew, like, a lot of my friends that are horror film fanatics and stuff rate this one up there pretty high. Um, like, I have, I have people that actually, like, say, like, okay, Night of the Living Dead or, like, you know, some Wes Craven film. Like, they have, like, their favorites, but then, you know, if you go through your your horror film directors, like, the main ones, yeah. Um, when you hit John Carpenter, this is the one that comes up. Yeah. Even though John, yeah, when John Carpenter is known for horror films. I he, mean, he did Halloween. So right. Like we said earlier and stuff like that, so. Right. He's got his hand very much in the, in the alien in my opinion, mm. in everything he's ever done, he likes something that isn't of Earth of sorts. Well, like Escape from New York is a... Um, like a, That's a dystopian future. Okay. Um, basically, you know, showing what the world would be like if, you know, criminals really did start to overpopulate 
mm. like uh, The Innocent. And then they were like, well, we can't really do much else other than make a prison state because that's literally the only way we can keep them together without you know them spreading and breaking out and killing everyone. We'll just put them in their own place and uh, blow it up if they decide to do anything else about it. So I think it's interesting how John... And it may not be necessarily everything he's ever done, but he he's looking for like the the good in in the horrible, just mm. a, you know what I mean, like that glimmer of hope, because he gives it to you. He doesn't necessarily like let you keep it. He'll let you borrow it maybe for a little bit, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm gonna go ahead and need that back." It's Thanks. like once you establish, like, all right, so McGreedy says, like, "I know who I am." I'm not one of those things. Right. right. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. I trust you, Kurt Russell. Right. And then you see the tattered shirt. You're like, son of a gun. Yeah, you liar. And then you're like, oh, okay, wait, wait. His blood didn't pop out. Okay, cool. He's, he's legit. Right. <laughs> exactly. You're like, and then he even explains him. I feel like, ever occurred to the jury that anybody could have got some of my clothes and stuck them up the furnace? Are you kidding me? Somebody could just thrown that in the furnace. You just because it's a ripped, like he was being exactly how I would be. I'm like, what do you mean? Just because it's ripped, big deal. I'll go rip somebody else's shirt. Ha ha. Right. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So I mean, yeah, I I really did enjoy it. I thought it was really cool. I like the build up. I'm glad I wasn't just like thrown into it, and for like two hours, I was like exhausted by what was going no, on. No, it was slow build. Yeah, it was perfect timing for everything, um, and the finale was exactly what I wanted out of a good horror film, which is, uh, you know, the ending being somewhat elusive. Not you do don't fully understand everything. That is kind of funny. They both came out at the same time, Blade Runner and the Thing, and both of them have very cryptic endings. Yeah, they both have yeah very very they, open they leave, ended. Endings. It's almost like they leave more questions than answers at the end of them. For both of them. Yeah. Maybe it was like a thing back then. The time. Well, it, I, I don't think so. I think, honestly, like, because you can watch a bunch of movies from back then, Back to the Future and all these other sci-fi things and stuff, and it's like there's pretty much resolution. You pretty much know what happens, and if you don't, you know where it's headed. The, at the end of this, it could have gone a bunch of ways. It could have been Mac. Like, for all we know, maybe some of that, you know, like maybe he died we didn't see it, you know, like there's a bunch of different ways things like that can go. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I guess you don't, I mean, we just don't know. You, yeah. I mean, like that's, again, it's kind of far reaching, but it's like, well, maybe. And, uh, if that's the case, if either one of them were the thing, then like you could even have a sequel if they really wanted to. Yeah. Like you have enough elbow room for another story. Yeah, that's a good point. Which I don't think you should, but you can. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's kind of a, I like that. I don't necessarily like everything to end that way all the time. I like resolution. I like happy endings. Uh, and I don't even mind if it's a sad ending as long as there's like closure. Right. Um, but open ended endings like this, ones that let you kind of choose your own story. Mm-hmm. I do like if it's done right, including like Inception, you know, with the totem that he's, you know, yeah, with the, whether or not he's actually still within a dream. Exactly. Stuff like that. I really like the concept of 
when the movie is already basically not confusing you, but not necessarily giving you the whole truth already anyway, like mm-hmm. the whole that's the whole point, then I don't mind an ending like that. Yeah, it's a tease. Exactly. So I'm glad that there's that, that question mark still remains to this day. Um, it's a great way to end the film. I think it's a great place for us to end our conversation. Sure. <laughs> Listeners, if you're, uh, if you're curious about where we're going next with our series, we will be watching uh, the, cla- the cult classic uh, Wayne's World for our next episode, as Jesse has never seen it, and I believe it defined my teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> I can quote that movie the entire time if you'd like me to. <laughs> yes. Um, and then at the conclusion of the Wayne's World episode, we'll actually give you the list of the films we plan on watching for November. Um, as we've realized that we've heard from you. Uh, we, you guys have given us some great feedback, and one of the things that you've given us is that, well, you know, not actually knowing what movies we're going to be doing makes it difficult for you to follow. And if you haven't seen the film, it's almost as if you have to wait to listen to this podcast. We want to make that a little bit easier for you. So from now on, we'll give you more of a heads up of what we plan on watching. Yeah, absolutely. We want to make sure you guys can can stay current with us so we can give you the tease early. You'll have time to do your homework, if you will. Hmm. And then you can join us. And you can follow right along, and you can add to it. You can always go to our Facebook page, yeah, facebook.com slash interview podcast, and you can always tweet at us and comment on our Instagram photos as well. Um, same tag, at interview podcast. And we are more than welcome, you know, we're more than welcoming uh, that feedback, and, you know, we want to continue to hear you guys and, and uh, do what needs to be done, but we're... We're grateful for all of you joining us along the way. Every last one. (laughs) You're amazing. So, yeah, that'll be the next episode. Wayne's World. Party time. Excellent. Right? Please do not try and uh, highbrow cinematographic. We'll probably watch like Shadows by John Cassavetes, you know, Criterion. I don't want to so, go that route. Come no, I'll, I'll give you. Yeah, I'll I give feel you like something. there's Christmas movies you haven't seen and I haven't seen for November. You got to gear up. Oh yeah, no, we're, we've got Chris. I've seen almost every Christmas movie. So. Okay, well we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll make we'll make a way. Nonetheless, go Excellent. ahead and close it. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, guys. This has been Interview Podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Ryan. And tune in for our next episode, which is Wayne's World. Now laugh. Ha, ha, ha.